0: In our program today we're going to be talking with an amazing man who has spent most of his life involved in Jewish evangelism. I'm going to ask him how a Gentile like him got involved in such a ministry, and how his efforts led to a ministry with one of the best known Messianic Jews of the 20th century, namely, Zola Levitt. Stay tuned.
1: Lamb and Lion Ministries presents
0: Christ in Prophecy,
1: a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan.
0: Greetings, in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My special guest today is both a friend and a ministry colleague whom I have known and admired for many years. His name? Is Dr. Tom McCall. Tom, welcome to Lamb and Lion Ministries.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Reagan. And uh, by the way, I did an interview with you. Some years ago at the pre trib conference. That's right. So here I guess in this for uh, the turnaround fair play.
0: That's <laughs> right. We, so uh, I'm glad to have you here though for the first time in our studio. Thank you. And I, I want to jump right into this thing uh, immediately and just ask you how in the world did a Gentile
1: like you get so heavily involved in Jewish evangelism? There's, there's a very common uh, expression among the Jewish people when a, when a Jew is in a, some kind of profession that's unusual. And they say, "What's a nice Jewish boy like <laughs> you doing in such and such a profession?" <laughs> but I turn it around, uh, or they turn it around with me, and "What's a nice Gentile boy like you doing <laughs> in Jewish missions?" So it's it's uh, an interesting story. they I guess it all began when I was in high school. Uh, I had uh, my best friend was a Jewish fella. Oh, and. Uh, He and I just spent a lot of time together and uh, had a great relationship. And we were getting acquainted with each other. I didn't know anything about Jewish people. I'm a fifth generation Texan raised in Highland Park in Dallas. And uh, we just just never had much contact with Jews. But uh, we got acquainted. And one of the deals we made was that I would go with him to synagogue, oh, on the Sabbath, <laughs> and he would uh, come with me to the Baptist church on us on a Sunday. Okay, uh, and we did that, and uh, he didn't think much of Christianity, and I didn't understand much about <laughs> Judaism, but we got acquainted, and and that was my first exposure. Then when I went to the University of Texas. Uh, I uh, the first Jewish Christian I ever met was Dr. Harry Marco, fascinating guy. He was from Romania, but uh, when he came to this country, he uh, was uh, not in. He didn't want to go through the whole medical process again. So, to make a long story short, he received Christ. From a hitchhiker he picked from up a, a guy yeah and and uh, sort of like Philip the yes uh-huh. evangelist right and this guy led him to Christ did you meet this man at the University of Texas uh, I met him in Austin he was okay. uh, at that time, he was what they called a field evangelist for the American Board of Missions to the Jews. Oh, yes,
0: one of the greatest of all uh, Jewish evangelistic organizations exactly. back in the early 20th
1: century. Yes, yes. Uh, it was begun by uh, uh, Leopold Cohn yes. who was yes. a rabbi from Europe. And so, did you get involved with that organization? Uh, eventually, yes. But at any rate, uh, I, I met Dr. Marco and he came and spoke at our church, and then uh, he uh, started a Bible class in his home, and we attended that and learned a lot about the Jewish people, about Jewish evangelism, just, and just about the Jewish religion. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so we kept in contact with him. Uh, I met uh, the woman who was to become my wife there at the Harris Memorial Baptist Church in Austin. And so, she was part of the Bible class that we went to uh, with Dr. Marco. Then, uh, I had received Christ when I was about 16 years old, and part of that experience was through the uh, Billy Graham Crusade okay. uh, in Dallas and got introduced to the Navigators and uh, other Christian ministries. When I finished uh, college, I went to. Uh, what did you major
0: in at the University of Texas? History. Okay, so you didn't feel called at that point in time oh, no. to be in, be in the ministry? No. Okay.
1: Uh, my dad that was a lawyer. Okay. He was uh, in bond law, uh, helped, was involved in the construction of many dams and mm-hmm. lakes throughout Texas. But uh, he wanted me to come into his uh Well, he practice. wanted you to go to law school. He wanted me to go to law school, come into his practice. Well, did you go to law school? No, I did not. But uh, I was beginning to be uh, called into uh, some form of ministry. So oh. I worked at his place during the summer, and we would go up on the elevator, and he'd introduce me to people, and he said, this is my son Tom. I wanted him to come into my law practice, but he's fallen from law to grace. (laughs) Fallen from law to grace. I love (laughs) it. Your dad had a sense of humor. He did. He did indeed. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I went up to Glen Erie with the Navigators and so forth, and began to. Oh, one of my experiences was uh, I attended a Bible class that studied the book of Romans. We went chapter by chapter, each week a chapter. We got 1 through 8, we got to the 8th chapter. We were in cloud 9, nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. And uh, the leader said, now next week we will go to chapter twelve. Oh yeah, you because skip uh, 9, through 12. nine through eleven is about yeah. Jewish people, and and <laughs> w- w- it's not very a- applicable to us. So we'll just skip that and go to the practical. Very typical. Go to the practical <laughs> part, uh, twelve through sixteen. I thought, wow, what's what is this passage in the New Testament that Christians aren't supposed to read? Uh, and really, that triggered. Uh, a lifelong quest. So when did you actually get involved in
0: Jewish evangelism?
1: We started uh well we one of the reasons I went to Erie was to study Romans 9 through 11 on my own and just find out what it said. And I couldn't find commentaries, I couldn't find anything that would really answer the question. So uh Dr. Marco long distance recommended to my fiance uh, that I go up to Denver from Colorado Springs and meet Hannah Wago who was a missionary with the American Board of Missions to the Jews okay. in Denver. Okay. As it turns out, she was the person that led Moish Rosen to Christ. Moishe Rosen. Okay. Yeah, Jews who for Jesus. Founded Jews for Jesus. Yeah. I d- didn't know that at the time, but she exposed me to Ephesians two. Okay. And. That uh, was a great experience. And I said, Well, I want to learn about Romans 9 through 11. She said, Well, I, I can't do that. But we got coming into town, uh, people from our mission, including Dr. Charles Feinberg, yes. who could answer your question. I said, Okay, we'll come up. So uh, I had a friend of mine, went up from Colorado Springs to Denver to hear Dr. Feinberg. We heard him. Went up to him after the session and said, I need to talk with you. So he said, Well, come over to the hotel and we'll sit around and we'll talk. I said, Dr. Feinberg, could you please explain to me Romans 9 through 11? He didn't open the Bible, he didn't open anything. He started the first verse, went through all three chapters with me asking questions in between. I thought, man, this guy really knows the Bible. So that got you involved.
0: Now we're running out of time in this segment, so I've got to jump to something else, and that is, you got involved through that learning about Romans nine through eleven, which teaches that God still loves the Jews, still has a purpose for the Jews, and that He has not washed His hands of the Jews, and He's not replaced the Jews with the Church, and the Church doesn't like those three chapters. That's right. Now, got to jump to what I talked about at the opening. How did you come in contact with Zola Levitt?
1: Okay. Uh, well, we spent. Years working with Martin Rosen in Los Angeles with the American Board of Missions to the Jews and studying under Dr. Charles Feinberg at Talbot Theological Mm -hmm. Seminary. So I had two hard taskmasters, uh, Jewish believers. Dr. Feinberg was the leading Jewish Christian scholar in the world. Martin Rosen was the leading Jewish-Christian evangelist in the world, and uh, so it was really quite an experience. After that, I came back to Dallas to study in the in the Old Testament department at Dallas Theological Seminary. Well, I was uh, there for quite a few years. We got a center there, and uh, did a lot of evangelism among the Jews. In 71, Zola Levitt came into my life. He was there. He had received Christ at the University of Indiana. Uh, he was majoring in music. He was getting his doctorate in music. And he was led to the Lord through a campus crusade for Christ. They wanted him to come down to Dallas for Explo 72. Yeah, the Jesus movement. It was quite a thing. Yes. Uh, Billy Graham, Bill Wright, uh, all the Mm -hmm. big names in uh, Christian work were there. And he was, they wanted him to come down to do their PR work. (laughs) A brand new baby in Christ, six months old. So they sent him over to our mission, as he went around to several churches to get rooms for places to sleep for the hundred thousand uh, students who were coming from all over North America. So he came to see me, uh, and we we made arrangements for him there. But I said, Zola, have you ever met uh, any other Jewish believers in Christ? He, he said, "I didn't know that there were any." <laughs> well, they He'd were never few, met f- few and far
0: between then. Yes.
1: <laughs> so I said, "Well, come come over here to Beth Shalom, the house of the Prince of Peace, and you'll meet several and get acquainted with them." He said, "Well, that's great." He said, "I've been told that I was I became a Gentile." Oh, 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 oh. I said, <laughs> and, he, and his expression was. If, well, if it takes eating ham sandwiches on white bread with mayonnaise t- to get to heaven, well, I guess I can do that. Sound <laughs> <not> like Zola? <laughs> I said, "No, you, you, you haven't stopped being a Jew. You, you have become a completed Jew." And this was a new thought to him. And yes. anyway, that's how it started. And he came and he kind of took over. He was playing the organ. He was. Speaking, he taught a class with us, he did all kinds of things. Okay, so you began to work with him then in teaching him
0: Bible prophecy? Yes. And things of that nature? Yes. And the two of you came together like this, yes. and the result was a series of books yes. in which you were the theological consultant and he was the person who knew how to write a journalistic style, it. popular writing, and,
1: and he took your thoughts and put them into popular writing. He came up to me one evening after our. Session uh, worship service, and said, "Tom, I want to talk with you. Let's go get some coffee." Okay, we went to IHOP. He, he said, uh, "I read your article in the Bibliotheca Sacra, which has recently come out." You know, that's the academic journal of Dallas Theological Exactly, Center. and it was uh, called uh, the Tribulation Temple. Okay, was the name of it. He said, "I read this." This is really good stuff. Uh, who reads this? <laughs> <laughs> Scholars. <laughs> <laughs> well, seminary people and some pastors and somebody. He said, well, "Why, why don't people read it? <laughs> people." Uh, and uh, I said, "Well, I uh, don't, I don't get it." Uh, so he said, I, "I've got a proposal to make with you. Let me take your material." From that article, and put it into a popular book. And uh, sounds like a novel idea to me. Uh, so he had connections with Moody. Yes, Moody Press. Press.
0: So what was the title of that first book?
1: It Satan, was about the temple. Satan it?
0: in the Sanctuary. Satan in the Sanctuary. Well, that's that journalistic style, right there. There we go. Now that was the first of several books you did with about him. About right? nine books. Nine we books. Have read. Many trips to Israel with him. Many trips to Israel. How many years did you actually minister with him, do you know? We knew each other for I believe 35 years. 35 years. Something like that. Boy, what a ministry. Well, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back I'm going to ask you for a brief comment about two theologies that concern the Jewish people. And uh, I think you're going to be, have a negative attitude toward both, but we'll see. Okay. All right, sir.
2: Everything discussed in this program and much more is contained in great detail in Dr. Reagan's book, The Jewish People, Rejected or Beloved? In this 230-page book, Dr. Reagan deals with a variety of challenging questions. Have the Jews ceased to be God's chosen people? Are they guilty of the unforgivable sin of killing God? Has God replaced them with the church? Have they lost all hope as a nation? Are they devoid of any role in the end times? Dr. Reagan deals with these and many other questions regarding the Jewish people, and in the process, he does so in simple, understandable language. The book can be yours for a donation of $20 more, including the cost of shipping. To order, call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. And with each order, we will include a complimentary copy of Dr. Reagan's video album titled The Evil of Replacement Theology. It is a one-hour presentation that is so powerful that it resulted in Dr. Reagan being As an honorary Messianic rabbi, when you place your order for the book and the video, ask for special offer number 670. Again, to order the book, The Jewish People, Rejected or Beloved, and to receive a complimentary copy of the video about Replacement Theology, call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time or order online at lamlion.com and ask for offer number 670. It could be yours for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping.
0: Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my interview with Tom McCall, a man who has spent most of his life in Jewish evangelism, and who is also an expert in the field of Bible prophecy. Tom, I I want to ask you about two theologies that have permeated the church today. Uh, One of them is dual covenant theology, which is a theology that is held by most of the old mainline Protestant denominations, and has even invaded into evangelicalism. What is dual covenant theology, and what is your uh, reaction to it?
1: The dual covenant view is teaches that God has two ways of salvation, one for the Gentiles and one for the Jews, and uh, that uh, there, when when I was going around speaking in churches. Uh, I found a certain amount of support for Jewish missions and Jewish evangelism but I also found that there was a, a negative attitude toward Jewish evangelism and it broke down into two two views one said the Jews can't come to Christ you're wasting your time they send away the day of grace they have rejected jesus therefore they can they can't be saved on the other hand and so no jewish evangelism was done on the other hand there was the view that jews don't need to be saved they have their rabbis they have their synagogues they have their they can be Bible. saved by following the law they keep the law do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your god and As the the Talmud says, there is a place for the sons of Abraham in the vestibule of Heaven. So, all you need to do- That's the Talmud and not the Word of God. Yes. So, (laughs) that's why Nicodemus was so shocked when Jesus said, except you be born again you will not enter into the Kingdom of Heaven. And I think the
0: Apostle Paul would be horrified by this particular exactly. theology. Because exactly. in Romans 1 verse 16 he says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who
1: believes to the Jew, Jew first, first exactly. and then to the Gentiles. Exactly. And what did he mean by to the Jew first? Because every town he went into to evangelize he always went to the Jews to preach the Gospel out of the Old Testament to them. My view of dual covenant theology. Is
0: that it is loving the Jewish people right into hell? Yes. We don't want to hurt their feelings. Yes. We don't want to confront them, so we will just love them and let them go to hell. Yes. And that, that that is a the tragedy that is of just dual horrible feeling. to a person who has a heart for Jewish evangelism.
1: That's right. But in either case, Jews don't get evangelized.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Well,
1: they can't be saved, or they don't need to be saved.
0: Well, they certainly can be saved, and yes. you know of many that have been they saved. They have been saved, in fact, and they need to be saved. In fact, you were you, you mentioned the Jesus movement. It was right about 1968, 69, 70. Yes. after the Six Day War, that there was a tremendous movement of the Holy Spirit, not only among young people but among Jewish young That's people, right. and they came to the
1: Jesus by the thousands. And how did that happen? I think is Vietnam War broke. Young people away from their roots. Yes, plus but in the, the case the, the, of the, the uh, Jews, that was a very positive thing because they were open to the gospel. Yeah, and,
0: pl- and you add to that the miracle of the Six Day War, and yes, they could see, hey, this right. had to be God. It, uh, exactly. All right, let's go to the second one. The second one is called replacement theology, and this is very wise. This is a dominant theology: Catholic Church, Protestant Church, everywhere. This is the dominant theology concerning the Jewish people. The Jewish people have been replaced by the church. God has no purpose left for the Jewish people. He washed their hands of them. They are the Christ killers and they're getting what they deserve.
1: And very few Jews have gone through their lives without being called a Christ killer. Right, a Christ killer. Yes. Okay, let's go comment on that theology. So, replacement theology says that the church has replaced Israel in God's plan and purpose, and that there is no future for Israel. Israel. That's why the church hates Romans nine through (laughs) eleven. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And and the teaching of the olive tree, which is very important. But uh, when did replacement theology begin? Uh, As you say, Romans nine through eleven. Paul says to the Gentile Christians in Rome. By the way, uh, boast not against the branches, and that's what was going on. That was the first yeah. instance of yeah. Uh, yeah, replacement theology replacement started theology. early in church history. Right there. So, in the in the first place, the Jews were unhappy with Gentiles coming into the church. But later on, as the Gentiles began to predominate numerically yes. in the churches, the Gentiles began to disparage. The Jews and say, Well, God's through with you. And uh, that was replaced with theology right in the New Testament. And it continued on and uh, developed uh, through the centuries and still exists today. And most Christians are not aware of that terrible,
0: terrible history that culminated with Martin Luther, who wrote one of the most vicious anti-Semitic pamphlets ever penned, in which he simply gave the blueprint for the Holocaust. You know, yes. burn the synagogues, burn the Talmud, refuse to let the rabbis teach, make put them into forced labor. It was a blueprint for H- the Holocaust. Hitler
1: took a lot out of. Oh the, yes. Uh, uh, in
0: fact, in Mein Kampf, he said Luther. that Luther was his greatest inspiration. Now, how did that happen?
1: When When Luther received Christ, he thought, and he started his reform movement, he thought the Jewish people would flock to Lutheranism. Yeah, he he believed that they were very intelligent and that they had
0: rejected Christianity because it was so corrupt. But now he was going to restore the true Gospel and they would come.
1: And when they didn't? Then he turned against them. Boy, did he ever turn against them. And uh, that's a sad, sad comedy. And believe me, Jewish people know about that. And one of the reasons they won't look at at, at christianity That's right. is because of luther
0: well it's all based primarily on one thought and that is the one you gave and that is that the jews are christ killers they they were responsible for killing god in the flesh and therefore god has no purpose left for them but we need to get straight who killed jesus who
1: killed jesus
0: acts 4 verse yes. 27 for truly in this city jerusalem there were gathered together against your holy servant jesus whom you did anoint both herod pontius pilate the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Who's who's left? <laughs> Everybody. But there's, there's someone we can add to this. Me. We can add you and That's me. That's right. Jesus died Jesus. for the sins of mankind. I'm a sinner. You're a uh, sinner. He died. We all have the blood of Jesus. On exactly. Our hands. And it's incredible that
1: you just blame one group, the Jews. And uh, I, I. By the way, why did why did Jesus have to be brought before Pilate? Because the Jews at that point they did not no have the power of capital punishment. That's right. That's right. And yet, not long afterwards, they uh, executed Stephen. Right. So I think it was for a very brief period of time that there was this uh, rule that the Jews right. could not right. That's execute a good point. anybody. And the Lord well, did not want Israel to be responsible alone. For the death of Christ.
0: Well, I wish we had time to go into a lot more t- subjects. One in particular, you've written one of the best articles I've ever read about why you believe Luke was a Jew. Yes. Uh, you know, That's it right. says that God gave the Scriptures to the Jewish people through for, to, to the world. And everybody says Luke was a Gentile. And I think you've proved beyond a shadow of a doubt he really was a Jew. A lot Jew. of reasons. But I've only got a minute a, left. So, <laughs> you know there's so many questions I want to ask, but there's one i got to get in. Yes, sir. Do you think that what's happening among the Jewish people is an indication that we are living in the season of the Lord's return?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Israel did not have to become a nation before the rapture, and yet it has happened. And Israel is
0: thriving and the, and the Bible focuses in the midst on Israel. of yeah.
1: enemies. The Bible focuses on Israel yes. in the end times. The dry bones are gathering.
0: The dry bones are gathering. They've come alive, yes. they've been brought back. And you know Jeremiah says that when history is over and done the Jewish people will look back on their history and they will consider the regathering of the Jewish people right now to yes. be a greater miracle than their deliverance from Egyptian yes. captivity. Yes. And we are witnessing that. I had a person recently say, wouldn't, wouldn't it be exciting if we lived in Bible times? I said, Brother, <laughs> we are living in Bible times. We are.
1: I asked a rabbi over in Israel, do you ever think about the dry bones of Ezekiel? He turned at me, and he smiled. He says, every morning I wake up and think of myself as being dry bones coming back to the land. Hallelujah. Thank you very much.
0: Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and my interview with Dr. Tom McCall. Tom, how about look in that camera in front of you and tell folks how they can get in touch with you.
1: Go to Schofield Institute
0: Okay. Well, folks, I hope that uh, you will be back with us again next week. Until then, uh, uh, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb & Lion Ministries saying, Look up,
2: be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb & Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus's soon return. Thank you, and God bless you.